Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a follow-up to yesterday's podcast, Born to Win. We're going to dive back in um, and talk about this. We, we went through Romans chapter 5 and really understanding what happened at Calvary. When Jesus died for us, yes, Jesus died to forgive us of our sins, but that was not the whole work of salvation. Salvation is not only forgiveness of sins. Salvation is a change of nature. The Bible says in Romans 5.19, this was kind of the highlight of the time yesterday. Uh, it says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we're talking about salvation being a change of nature. You know, if you read through Romans 5, it's very interesting to notice, or excuse me, the book of Romans, you'll see where he talks about sins. He'll say sins, he'll, he'll use the word sins, plural. And then when you, when you get into Romans 6, Romans 7 towards it, uh, heading towards the back, he changes and all of a sudden he starts saying sin, uh, singular, sin. And what is he addressing? When you say sins, you're talking about the offenses. If we look at the last, you know, 33 years of my life and you could have a calculator that could go back and tally up every sin, you know, from my mom telling me don't do it to doing it and, you know, everything that God considers sin and we tally them up and it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, who knows, right? Um, that would be considered, those are my sins. Those, that's what I did wrong. When you say sin, he's talking about the nature of sin. Salvation deals with, by the blood of Jesus, the sins of man, the, the, the record of my wrongdoing. The cross, the, the, the being crucified with Christ deals with my nature. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been, cru- hallelujah, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it's Christ that lives in me. So we see that at salvation, it isn't just simply that my past is past and there's no record of wrong. It's that now I've received a power to not do what I was doing. If Jesus didn't change my nature, when if God didn't change my nature when I got born again, he would have to every time keep rescuing me from my sin. And I wouldn't help, couldn't help but be addicted. And I couldn't help but sin. And I couldn't help but fall into problems. But that's not what it is. Grace is that God doesn't leave us in, in sin. Grace is that he pulls me out of the miry clay and he sets my feet on a solid rock. Is that he gives me the power not to go back to that former way of living. Salvation is the power to, do, to live a pure life, to live a holy life. So let's read Romans 6. Um, before I just get to preaching and we, and we don't uh, bring out the Bible here. Romans 6.1. I'm going to read from the Passion and then I'll get, jump back into the King James. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how long could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him, so that the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead. We were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection life and the new life that it imparts. Could it be, verse 6, could it be any clearer that our former identity, I want you to say nature. I know it says identity and that can be another word, but it's our former nature. 
Say this with me. My former nature is now and forever deprived of its power. This is the big difference between a sinner and a Christian. And that's why to say, oh, you know, we're all just sinners, is to lump yourself in with people who haven't had a change of nature. When you got born again, your nature changed. I need you to settle this in your heart. Because when you go out and you go back to college, you go back to where you were and you're hanging around people that don't think this way, and they're going to clump themselves in. You know, we all have our demons. Speak for yourself. I don't have any demons. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, we all sin every day. Speak for yourself. I live and I aim to be fully pleasing to God. And no, I do not sin every day. And, and so you see where the, the, the world tries to clump us all in together. You know, we're all just part of the human race. No, I was a human. And you know what another name of human is? A sinner. Now I'm not a sinner. Now I'm the righteousness of God. Yes, I had sins to be forgiven, but I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And so what it's saying is there's a power that's been removed. And so say this with me. My relationship with sin has ended. Say that with me again. My relationship with sin has ended. And so along with that, say this with me. My relationship with sickness has ended. You know, sickness will not have dominion over you. Let's keep reading here. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But he now lives continually for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourselves. This is a key. The King James says, Reckon yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. You know, before you were born again, it's like living in a home. Sin comes to knock on the door. And before you were born again, the door may have been closed, but the door was unlocked. And there was no way to lock the door. And so sin would come. And he would just open the front door and he would come in. Why? Because he had a right. Or it's more that he had a key. You know, Adam had sold us out. So it was almost like you're living in a property and sin is your roommate. So sin comes knocking on the door and shows up and he has a right to be there. When you get born again, it's, it's, it's like getting the property back. There's new locks put on the door. So sin comes, try to put his, his key in the lock and he can't get in. Why? Under new management, I'm sorry, the locks have changed. The ownership of the property has changed. I died to sin, I'm alive to God. And so now, if you persist in sin, it's your choice. Before, if you persisted in sin or not, wasn't up to you because you were under sin. Sure, maybe there's there's non-believers that can stop uh, getting drunk, stop being alcoholics, but it's going to pop up somewhere else. I said it last time. You stop being an alcoholic, but it'll be a, a prideful. You know, it'll be a sin of the heart. It'll be, it'll be lust. It'll be, it'll be whatever it is. It'll pop up in a different direction. Whereas with God, it's the only way. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no um, action correction plan. There's no uh, behavioral correction plan that you can do to stop sinning without the power of Jesus Christ. Because spiritually speaking, sin has a right to unbelievers. My relationship with sin ended. And so the good news with that is that my relationship with sickness ended. Think about Jesus. When, uh, when he died, 
Sure, on this earth, he didn't sin. He lived a perfect life. When he died and rose again, what was different? Well, he had a different body, right? He walked through walls. He didn't do that. He didn't do that with his heavenly, uh, b- before he was uh, crucified and raised from the dead. Why? Because he had a glorified body. That's actually showing us the type of body that I believe we'll have uh, when we come back after being raptured. Uh, for the thousand-year reign. It'll be one that we could teleport, we can walk through walls. It's a glorified body, right? He could look and people didn't recognize him. You could uh, change the way he looked. Pretty exciting to think that that's what it'll be like. But but he, he had changed. And so it's no different. Being born again isn't just saying, okay, I'm, I've decided I'm going to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven. It's you actually change nature. But verse 11 is such a key. It says in the King James, reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. You know, unless you know this, unless someone takes the time to teach this, that you're not a sinner. It's below you to sin. It's normal for the non-believer to sin. It's not normal for you to sin. It's, it's like the same way. It's an apple tree gives off apples. It's not normal for an apple tree to have oranges grow on it. In the same way, it's not normal for an orange tree to have apples grow on it. It's against your nature. Kings don't eat out of dumpsters, right? And so you're a child of the king. You're of a different nature. A thieves, uh, the, 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 the children of thieves and crooks are expected to, to steal and, and, and be crooks, right? The, the children of kings and royalty are expected to, be, to behave differently. It's a change of nature that takes place. The problem comes is people just put themselves in the category, the same category. Because you have the same temptations, you just think it's the same. But it's the difference that you now have the power to kick sin and sickness out the door. No one else does. No one else outside of Christ does. There's Because sickness and sin are spiritual. So someone can take good vitamins. I remember meeting somebody, a lady, when I was um, selling, uh, uh, when I was in sales. And I remember meeting a lady. And she was probably close to her 60s, and her husband had passed, so she was a single lady. And, uh, and, I, and I asked about him, and she said, oh, you know, he was, the, he was the picture of perfect health. He was a marathon runner, perfectly fit, ate a super clean diet, but then all of a sudden got brain cancer out of nowhere and died quickly. But, but, but did everything he can. Why? Because it's part of the curse of the human race that sickness and sin have authority over you. When Adam sinned, sickness came in. So when you, anything you do for Christ, you understand, you know, the same way it goes for non-believers is not the way it goes for me. And that's why I believe this message is so central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because yeah, there's, you know, the, the ultimately we go to heaven. And so you may not know that your, your relationship to sin has ended. You may not have ever been taught that your relationship to sickness has ended. And you ask Jesus to forgive you, and he has mercy on you, and you do the best you can, and then you die, and you go to heaven, and you, you know, you've had sickness your whole life, and you've struggled with sin, but you make it in, and you're happy. But listen, I'm not here for just that. Yes, the, the number one goal of my life is to make heaven. But we have time left. I'm 33 years old, and I don't know. Maybe the Lord comes back this year. Maybe it's seven years. Maybe it's 15 years. Maybe it's 30 years. Maybe it's 45 years. Who knows? I believe the Lord. I believe with all my heart the Lord will come back in my lifetime. But either way, even if he doesn't, even if I live to be 120 years old, if I live to be whatever, there's only a small amount of time left that I can have to affect planet Earth. And, and being a Christian that gets beat up, that, that lives in sin, 
you know, the amount of Christians that I see were serving the Lord, and then because of offense, because they, they, they just dwelt in sin, and they give the devil a stronghold, and their purpose for life is taken out. And I refuse to have that. So I believe this message is central, because this is my starting point. That when sickness tries to come near my family, I say, no, I understand my authority. And it's, it's that sin and sickness can't come in my house. Legally, spiritually, they can't come in. Now, if I open the door and let them in, if sin knocks and I think, well, I guess that's normal, you know, everyone else is doing it, then I, then I make that standard my standard, even though my relationship with sin and sickness have ended. Let me keep reading. Sin is a dethroned, this is uh, Romans 6.12, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool of wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to Him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for His pleasure, ready to be used for His noble purpose. Remember this, sin will no longer conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. King James says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. And then it says, what are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's content since there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it'll become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. And God is pleased with you, for in the past you were servants of sin, but now your obedience is heart deep and your life is being molded by truth through the teaching you're devoted to. You know, Egypt's a great example where you see God liberates the uh, Israelites from Egypt and they come out of Egypt. Egypt is a, is a picture of sin. And that's why it says when he brought them forth with silver and gold and there was not one, sick, uh, not one sick or feeble one among them. I think the big three things that the, the gospel promises that is uh, salvation for your body, um, is prosperity financially, and is health. Third uh, John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so we see those linked together quite a few times. But you see there when they leave Egypt which is, a, uh, is, a, uh, is an example of us leaving a life of sin. And, and they're brought out and there's a time of, of tempting, right? There's a time of wilderness and maybe a time of, you know, feeling whatever. And you see, they immediately want to return. Oh, if we just had the, the leeks and, and, the, and the garlic of, uh, and the onions of Egypt. And so there's a, there's a tendency that when people get delivered from sin and, and from their old life, that the devil tries to draw them back. But you understand now it's up to you. You were born under sin. You didn't have a choice, but you've been born again, and now you have a choice. So I'm asking you, choose life. Choose to love God. God gives you the power. Romans 6.14, if you're struggling in sin, you need to memorize Romans 6.14. Now sin shall no longer have dominion over you, because you're not under the law, but under grace. God has given you the authority to break the power of sin. But understand this, this is the starting point. If you give thought to anything, Lord, help this to, to stick in my heart, that my relationship with sin and my relationship with sickness have come to an end. I'm alive to God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. One last scripture before you go. It says uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we're being changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. 
First John 4.17 says, As he is in the wor- this world, so are we. When God great- made us, he made us to be in, made us in his image. And so uh, make a decision to, to choose to be the person who's not controlled by sin, who lives free and wins in Jesus' name. You're born to win. I love you. God bless you. See you soon.